My name is Ryan Miller and for the past 15 years I've helped hundreds of people to raise millions of dollars for their funds and for their startups. If you're serious about raising money, launching your business, or taking your life to the next level, this show will give you the answers so that you too can enjoy your pursuit of making billions. Let's get into it. In this week's episode, I bring on my dear friend, Sergey Griboff. Sergey is a recovering angel investor, now serving as a partner at Flint Capital. Join Sergey and me as we discuss how he realized $100 million exits all the way to his darling unicorn coming in at a staggering $4.5 billion valuation. He brings a ton of wisdom to Flint Capital, a fund that was recently ranked by Inc. Magazine as one of the most founder-friendly funds on the planet. You don't want to miss it. Plus, you're going to want to listen all the way to the end where Sergey opens up to me and reveals how founders can interview their prospective VCs to figure out if they will be the partner of their dreams or their nightmares, giving you the competitive advantages you need in your pursuit of making billions. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Billions. I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and today I have my dear friend, Sergey Griboff. Sergey is a partner at Flint Capital. It's an estimated $300 million venture fund out of Boston that was recently ranked by Inc. Magazine as one of the most founder-friendly funds in the world. He's a massive angel investor who turned venture capital to continue his impressive success in this sector. So what this means is that Sergey has had mind-blowing investments in the venture capital space. He knows what works, and he's about to bring that wisdom today so that you can gain a competitive advantage that you need to make billions in this sector. So, Sergey, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, big fan and happy to be here. It's awesome to have you, man. And and you are so impressive. The work that you've done as an individual angel investor and how you've leveled up with Flint Capital and you continue to bring and delight your investors and bring your wisdom and mindset. So I'm glad we're able to, to have you on the show just for a few minutes to hear someone with your background. Now, before we do that, I think our fans around the world would like to know where did it begin for Sergey? I was born in Soviet Union, but I moved to Israel in 1990. My background is computer science. And actually, when I was graduating university, I, I guess I was lucky. I was hired by a company called Compugen, which is one of the success stories with the incubators we even featured in Startup Nation book. Mm-hmm. So I was in play number one. And the good thing about being in play number one in high growing startup is you can try a lot of different things. So at some point, then we needed to open office in the States. Founders already had families. I didn't. So I was the one to go. So I moved to the States to Boston around 97. I stayed with Compigen for many more years. We did IPO on NASDAQ in 2000. Then I started a couple companies. I was also part of a founding team in a company called VWorks, which is interesting story because it doesn't happen often, but it was the story when I was first part of a founding team. And then eight years down the road, after I already left the company, I, I was able to participate in the same company as investor. So at some point, I basically decided to, to I want to kind of switch to the dark side. You can say, went to MIT, did business degree, tried more different startups. Then at some point I came back to, I, I left VWorks when I le- left to MIT and it was interesting story. So VWorks was a voice communication company, which was starting around 2004. That was around eight, nine years later. The company was kind of cash flow zero of just 3 million in revenue. So VCs already were not 
very much interested in the company. So we actually bought the company back from VCs. I helped to arrange the management buyout. We bought the company back for like 3 million, allocated a bunch of options to all the employees. And from that point in five years, the company was sold for 100 million to Unity. So it was pretty good investment. We did more than 20x on investment, everybody who invests in that deal. I wouldn't say what I, I did a lot of angel investments. I did about like seven or eight of them, but it, they turned out pretty good. And I joined Flint Capital about seven years ago as a venture fund. Flint Capital is an early stage venture fund. We, we do early stage investments. We kind of a little bit different from most of the funds in a sense, what we run completely distributed shops. So the whole team is remote first. We actually never worked in a single office. Part of the team is in Boston. We have some, we have one of our partners in Europe. We also have office in Israel and have a principal there. And we invest a lot cross border. So I would say about half of our investments, Israeli investments, probably around quarter a year, quarter US. One of the reasons for this kind of setup, we feel what being on the ground in US when we invest in a company in Israel and Europe who look at US as a main market, we can help on the ground here. That's incredible. Basically, so yeah, you have, you have remote offices so all those twitter people that didn't want to go back to the office maybe flint capital <laughs> <laughs> if you like remote work that that might help but yeah you know in, in all seriousness that that's really impressive that you've been able to generate the company that you have in the amount of time that you've been there and you've added to certainly to the growth of of that company to become one of the most founder friendly companies on the planet. And with that, I, I think you you sold, you, you said you were at, uh, at Vivox and after your MBA, you went back and, and did some angel investing back in the company you're at previously. And what was, what did you, what was the, what did you sell that company? What did that company sell for? The company sold to Unity in 2019 for 100 million. So 100 million yeah. exit, not bad. Yeah. yeah so yeah. anytime you get to that range, that tends to delight the investors. So good for you, man. That that's yeah. that's quite the win for you. So now Flint Capital, you guys are winning awards. You're getting recognized. Where maybe we can talk a little bit about Flint Capital for maybe some of our founders, other people who are listening and just want to understand what what you're up to. Maybe walk us through a little bit of the fund and maybe some of the investments that you've done since you've been there. We usually invest early stage. We usually invest at seed or early A rounds. We have fairly broad uh, focus. We do both B2B and B2C. We have fintech, cybersecurity, digital health, DevOps, and many different areas of investments. We're on a short fund now. We just did the first close for the short fund in spring of this year. Yeah, both first and second fund, a hundred million dollar funds. Uh, yeah. The first fund was pretty successful. We already returned more than one point three x on the money to investors, and we still have uh, several companies who are doing really well. So we like our TVPIs like around five x. Five x, good for you, yeah. man. That's a yeah. five times return on your investment. All right, like this is the power of venture capital. Everybody is that you can get a five a hundred. Like it's, there's a lot of leverage, not easy, but yeah. Sergey and his team are pulling it off. So it's still on a paper five rights, but we hope it will be actually bigger because <laughs> we have, we have, uh, we had three company returning, a fund returning companies, investments in the fund. We were investors in Walkway, we were investors in Flow Health, which is number one up for women's health in the world. 
Mm-hmm. And we also led a round in so we last round about a year ago raised money at uh, 4.5 billion valuation. We're still oh. involved with the company. I'm still on the board. So that's SoCure? S O C U R E. SoCure. SoCure. Yeah. Four and a half billion. Good for you, bud. That's great company, by the way. Yeah. Anytime you hit yeah. unicorn status, it's the, the VCs are very, very happy. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> so the second fund, we did 22 investments in the second fund, got mm-hmm. to exit. It's still too early to tell, but we already have a couple companies at like 100 to 200 million ration range. Right. And the first fund is just starting. Man, good for you. And is there a different investment thesis on those or are you still continuing with those sectors? No, we, we, we're finding a little bit. Basically, yeah. we're doing things which we think uh, we were successful at doing, but the main yeah. thesis is pretty much the same. We feel okay. what we can help the help companies with kind of doing this bridge from outside, from Europe or from Israel to the US. And yep. trying to help companies with anything we can help with. Oh, that's that's incredible! I can I can already tell anyone that a VC that talks in a very benevolent way that you have, just saying like, "Hey, like we're here to help you out." I can see yep. why, just in in the way that you speak and and talk about your investments, I can see why Inc has ranked you and your fund uh, one of the most founder friendly funds. You just want to help out. I, I, I know the feeling you're just there to, to do some good and help people along the way. So, you know, hats off to you. So what's your typical entry point for some of our investors that are looking that maybe want to contact you or not investors, entrepreneurs, maybe they yeah. want to reach out and say, yeah, I'd like to work with a founder friendly fund. Sounds like they'll treat me fairly, but you like all funds have a certain criteria. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that criteria, starting with where do you guys like to enter? We usually enter early on. We usually enter at early seed, late seed, early A. Uh, sometimes we would uh, lead the first round we're investing in. Sometimes, for example, we have a couple of companies where we put a half a million dollar check at seed and lead the A round. So we had yeah. way more money at the A round. Our typical check size is anywhere from half a million to five million. We're fairly active, so more than half of the companies we invested, we led rounds at some point. So we mm-hmm. we sit on boards. We actually early stage. I prefer to work with founders all, all all the time. So I usually have like bi-weekly or monthly calls with my founders. They call me anytime they need to talk to me or need some help. So because of that sense, we're very involved. We try to get to at least like 10 to 15% holding to the company after our mind okay. check, just yep. because it, it doesn't make much sense if you're just holding like 3% of the company to spend yep. a lot of time with. And as I said, in terms of sectors, we do both B2B and B2C, SaaS, cybersecurity, digital health, fintech, development, kind of new areas, HTEC which is kind of part of the digital health. Oh, that's incredible. So for those listening, early stage, 500,000 to 5 million. And I believe you mentioned offline, you guys like to stick around under the, the 50 million post money valuation as well, correct? It's just the math works that way because if, if our main check is like 5 million, what means what if we're going uh, to hold to like at least 10% of the company, but that's kind of... Uh, Valuations yeah. will play it. 
Yeah, exactly. That that's always a little back and forth. So you and I have both done that. So yeah. now looking back, you you've certainly had an impressive career. You you started in tech. You went to MIT. You immigrated all over the world. I mean, man, you're well traveled. You're super educated. You understand this sector. You've made a ton of money. I won't ask how much, but I, I got a sense. You're doing all right. So so that being said, maybe now with all of that experience, I would love for you to just give our listeners some advice where you can help them to gain a competitive advantage from your wisdom. So based on that, what are some maybe two or three pointers that you can provide some of our listeners to help give them a competitive advantage based on your experience? So one thing I think is very, very important when you look for money, you're not just looking for money, you're looking for partners for pretty long time. Joke sometimes with average marriages in the US are about seven years and yeah. you're going to be stuck with your investors for way longer than that. Usually from <laughs> the time uh, you get your investors on board at seed stage, Till the yeah. time of the exit, it's, it's like eight, 10 years sometimes, sometimes even longer. So your uh, VC is going to be there for both your weddings. Is that what oh I'm Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, so it's a long-term relationship. I get it. It's, it's a long-term re- relationship, and it's very important yeah. one. So, and when you look for money, money, money is kind of ultimate commodity. It's, it's green. Yeah. All the money is green. green. So Agreed. you need to, you need not just to look at the money, but you, you want to understand who you dealing with, who is investor. You want to ask for what's the value add you're going to get. And it's kind of like everybody understand that and people are, everybody, you ask any investor, you ask, you will say, we, we bring tons of value add, but you yeah. actually never know That's so right. one of the uh, one of the important things here is you want to get references on your investors your future investors before they actually invest i mm. think it's important step it's the same thing and we looking at the deal we always would check references on founders and every founder should do the same and the best way to get this reference is just go look at portfolio of these investors look at the companies and try to connect to some of the founders we invest in and ask how they behave when times are good and maybe even more importantly how they behave with time, when times are bad because startup is a journey and it's a hard journey it's you will have several roadblocks on your way and it's important to understand how these VCs will behave during these times so let's um, yeah I, I would say it's very important to do it and I, I would Just say a lot of Founders do this mistake, but we only think we look in the term sheets are the actual terms. But actually, who is going to be your investor? I think it's more important than some of the terms. Basically, sometimes this, what I've seen, smart founders would often take money from way better investors at even lower valuation just because the specific investor is more kind of important to them than than terms on the deal. Now that is good advice. So advice to you founders out there who are listening to Sergey and I, uh, he's got some good advice about, just like he said, those three things on finding a venture capital, a venture capital firm to invest in you. It's more than capital. So he's saying like, look, you can get the money from anywhere. Like, so scrub that. That doesn't necessarily dictate your full success, although it helps. 
But what makes the difference to successful founders who partner up is they understand this is a long-term relationship and you need more than capital. So I absolutely love that and I agree. So as we wrap things up, Sergey, is there any other information, any advice, ways that they can get a hold of you or learn more about your fund? Is there anything at all that you'd like to mention? It's easy to find me. I'm fairly open. I usually try to answer my emails. So sometimes when I get my inbox with thousands of unread emails, I can kind yeah. of, it can take time for me to answer, but I do a lot of I know that. Uh, long flights. And usually that's what I'm doing on a long flights. I just kind of <laughs> clean up my mailbox and sometimes answer emails, which I was supposed to answer like two months ago. So you can, you can find me online, LinkedIn, Facebook. My email is sg at flintcap.com, easy to find. And okay. happy to talk to anybody who wants to talk to. That's incredible. So flintcap.com, that's where people can go and learn a little bit yeah. more about your website. SG, as Sierra Golf, SG at flintcap.com is how they can get a hold of you directly to learn a little bit more. Again, by all means, this is not any solicitation for investment. It's just saying like, hey, cool episode. If you want to send a fan letter, whatever it is, that's how you can get a hold of Sergey. So as as we wrap things up in summary, you know, following Sergey's advice, ask your VC about the value that they provide outside of the capital. This is a good indicator of that long-term investment or that long-term relationship that you're going to have with them. You need to make sure that, yeah, sure, we'll spend your money and invest it in certain ways in our company. But we also want to understand that this is a partnership. And I want to know, what are you going to do for my startup as a VC other than provide capital? That's a very important thing that I can fully endorse exactly what Sergey is saying. You want to make sure that you take money from VCs who are all in as much as you are. The second thing to advise on that is speak to other founders who've also been funded. Ask your VC when you're pitching them and you're, it, it looks like things are getting serious. You can ask them and say, hey, who else have you funded that you're comfortable with me talking to? And you know, to, to Sergey's point is just saying like, hey, man, I need to understand that when things get hard, how do you react? And, and I know you're going to tell me as a VC, you're going to tell me that you're the most wonderful, caring person. I'd rather hear it from some of the founders directly. So speaking to other founders, whether they let you know or you find it on your own, that's another effective way to not only take capital, but be able to work with some of the best investors and find out who they are. And then obviously you can pursue them and, and bring them on board. And finally, don't get stuck on the term sheet. As a founder, when a VC sends you a term sheet, that's a very good sign. But he sends you a term sheet and where people go wrong and they walk away from good deals is because they get stuck on the term sheet rather than getting stuck on the value provided from your investors. You do these things and you too will be well on your way in your pursuit of making billions. What a show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave a comment and review on new ideas and guests you want me to bring on for future episodes. Plus, why don't you head over to YouTube and see extra takes while you get to know our guests even better. And make sure to come back for our next episode where we dive even deeper into the people, the process, and the perspectives of both investors and founders. Until then, my friends, stay hungry, focus on your goals, and keep grinding towards your dream of making billions.